Let's talk about 2022. I mean, we've got all sorts of things going on in this wonderful life that we live nowadays, and uh, things are changing as they always have and always will. What's it going to take for a professional salesperson, and our audience chances are is mainly financial services salespeople, but even outside of that realm, what's it going to take to be successful in 2022? Hey, welcome to the Business of Sales. I'm Morris Sims, and I'm going to be your host for this podcast. Are you working as hard as you can, putting in just as many hours as you possibly can, but your income and your business, well, it just doesn't seem to be improving the way you want it to. It's, it's just not growing as fast as you'd like. Well, I help business owners like yourself become more efficient with running their business and more effective in making sales, because when you do both of those things, then your gross revenue goes up, and when that happens, everything else comes into play. Who am I to help you with this? Well, I've been a successful sales professional. I've trained professional salespeople, and I've led the development department that trained over 12,000 salespeople with a staff of over 200 all across the country. I started my career barely breaking 25000 a year, and if I was lucky, I could get one or two weeks off. I retired earning almost $500,000 a year, taking at least five weeks off every year. I can help you get your business to where you want it to be. On this show, our guest and I are going to share some practical ideas with you to help you grow your business and see more of that revenue become income for you and your family. I'm here to help you. So let's get this show started. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Business of Sales. We're really excited about our show today because we have a plethora of wonderful guests to give you some of their input and their ideas about how you can run your business a little bit better and hopefully gain some growth and do some wonderful things. We're uh, just, I'm just going to run down the list here real quick, okay? First of all, uh, in the top left-hand corner, we have Mr. Bill Cates with us. Bill is the referral coach author, speaker, consultant, video talent, uh, all over the place. Bill and I did uh, a lot of video work together at New York Life and uh, done a number of things all over the place. Bill has a new book out called Radical Relevance, which uh, is just absolutely outstanding. So, Bill, thank you for being here with us today. You bet. And just in uh, case anyone's confused, it's not Bill Gates. <laughs> Sorry, it's Bill Gates. Uh, Gates has a lot of money, giving it away. I'm going to help you make more money. How's that sound? Good. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. And right below, Bill, is Tim Fitzpatrick. Tim runs Rialto Marketing, and Tim's got his own podcast, as does Bill. Uh, I guess everybody's got a podcast nowadays, right? But yes. um, anyway, Tim runs Rialto Marketing and is just outstanding at what he does. He's a serial entrepreneur run some successful businesses over the years. And it, what attracted me to Tim was this statement. He always says, and it's all over his website, marketing shouldn't be difficult. And my word, how is that so absolutely true with everything we do? Marketing shouldn't be difficult. In fact, business shouldn't be difficult. It ought to be fun. So, Tim, thank you for being here. We're glad you're here. Pleasure to be here, Morris. Thanks for having me. Next to, to Tim, we have Dr. Randy Marshall. Uh, Dr. Marshall and I have been friends and 
confidants for, for many years, probably more than either one of us wants to count. Uh, Randy is a consultant and speaker all over the world. He has spoken in, in I think, seven different continents and continues his work out there uh, in missionary work in all sorts of places from the Ukraine to Africa to Greece, just all over the place. In fact, Randy, right here on my on my desk, I have my my one, one, what you, what you, Rivna? That's Rivna, uh-huh. Yeah, Ukrainian right. Ukrainian currency. Ukrainian currency, one of these, one of these gets you what, Randy? Oh, about four cents. <laughs> <laughs> so if there was anything called penny candy anymore, you might be able to get something from that. But Randy has, uh, Randy has been wonderful, has been a mentor and a dear friend of mine for many, many years and has some, some great things to share with us this morning as well. And last but absolutely not least, at the top of the group is Judy Hoberman. Judy, thank you for being here with us this morning. Thank you for having me. Judy is a coach, author, speaker. Judy has a couple of great books. The one I like the best so far is Selling in a Skirt. Selling in a Skirt. And skirt is not an a, a article of clothing. It is an acronym, and Judy will share that with us somewhere along the line, I'm sure. Her latest book is Walking on the Glass Floor. I can get it right in the camera here. Walking on the glass floor. If you're uh, if you're just listening to us on the podcast, I've been holding up pictures, and we're all smiling on YouTube. So uh, hey, you know, join us there if you'd like. But we're glad to have you with us, Judy. Thank you for for being here. Uh, we're really glad to have you. Well, thank you, and congratulations on your hundredth episode. And I'm excited to be surrounded by these amazing men that I have known for many, many years. And uh, you have to take the Rifka and give it to Bill Cates so he can make money on it, because Tim is going to talk about it on his podcast, and you could talk about it on your hundredth series. Here you go. <laughs> I wrapped it all up with a nice bow. Wow. And with that, we appreciate you joining us today. Everybody, have a wonderful day. No, I'm teasing. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, Judy, thank you. Though we really appreciate you being here. Everybody, we appreciate you being here. Uh, we did a uh, giveaway. Uh, Katie, our, our executive producer, did a giveaway on Facebook and LinkedIn. And many of you have, have added things to that, and we appreciate you doing that as well. We have books from Bill and Judy and Misty Weltson. Uh, Tim's giving away a 30-minute consultation on marketing for your business. I'm doing a couple of consultations for free uh, on annual planning, and we've just got all sorts of neat things uh, going on. We're going to extend that giveaway on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you'll go find that post, uh, we'll post it again, I'm sure. But if you find that post and you comment on it, then we'll see that you commented and put you in for the raffle to win a set of those books and consultations for free if you'd like. So again, uh, celebrating our 100th episode at the Business of Sales, and that's kind of where that one's all coming from. But today, with this esteemed panel, let's talk about 2022. I mean, we've got all sorts of things going on in this wonderful life that we live nowadays, and uh, things are changing as they always have and always will What's it going to take for a professional salesperson, and our audience chances are is mainly financial services salespeople, but even outside of that realm, what's it going to take to be successful in 2022? Hey, y'all, hang on for just a second. I got, I got something I just got to tell you. I'm giving away some free stuff, all right? 
free stuff. I've got a copy in there of my ebook, Practical Influence, with ideas to help you improve your influence with other people. I've got some uh, some great marketing and prospecting ideas that are on an audio file, so you can listen to it while you work out or drive or whenever you'd like to. And we've also got some stuff in there on planning for 2022 to help you make 2022 your best year ever. Just go to morrissims.com slash free stuff. That's morrissims.com slash forward slash free stuff and get your free stuff. It's just that easy. All right. Now back to the show. What do you guys think? Who wants to jump in there first? I'll go first. Go Judy. Ladies first, I guess. That'll yeah. Start. There you go. Okay. I always say that no matter what year it is, you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional about everything that you do. That's how you'll be successful. And for me, it covers all the majors. Who? Who's your audience? And it doesn't matter if you're in financial services or not. You have to have a target. Who's your person? Who's your, who's your ideal client who will come back with their friends and stay with you? What, what is it that you're offering? Is it, you know, your financial services package? Is it teaming up with other people to have a whole package? You have to decide what it is you're offering. Why are you offering this? And why are you doing this? I always come back to my why. What brings you to this table? You know, why do you do what you do? Then when are you going to do this? Everybody talks about, well, I have a goal for 10 years from now or five years from now. What are you going to do this year? Because you have to decide what you still want to accomplish through this year first. And then how are you going to do it? Just be, you know, make sure that you understand that you don't need to do things by yourself. You can do this, but how are you going to do it? Bring in a coach, bring in a mentor, bring in the people that are going to be strategic partners. And that's how you're going to do it. So it's always about being intentional with everything that you do. And for me, I've used that every single year. And my word this year is simplify. So I'm sticking with this. Simplify. I love that. It's, it's, a wonderful word. I, I, my word for the year is focus. I, I hope everybody has a, a word that they're going to kind of latch on to for this year. And for me, it's all about focus. So simplify. That's even that's even better, Judy. Thank you. You're so welcome. How about that, guys? What do y'all think? Actually, no, I, please go. Now you go. You know, actually, it, it, what you've all just said uh, is exactly what I've been mulling over. You know, it's interesting that when you begin the new year, you've got 87% of all Americans who set New Year's resolutions. But by the end of January, 50% by the board, and by the summer, maybe three or 4% of the people that actually do them. What's interesting in the first five minutes here, Judy has mentioned intentional, Morris has mentioned simplify, Judy came back on focus. And uh, even when we heard earlier about a mantra, marketing shouldn't be dip, should not be difficult. You know, it's interesting that uh, the, the reason that I think New Year's resolutions fail, and they do, there are two reasons. Um, there's too many of them, and uh, it takes too much power, discipline, and willpower, if you will, to pull it off. I honestly believe that if you want it done, done right, the solution is not a paragraph, it's not a sentence, it's not, it's one, it's one word. And I really believe that every single person entering into business or even carrying over to marriage or health issues should choose one word for one year to change one life. 
I really believe that. Um, I think uh, success is found in narrowing the focus. What you really have is a, a clarity, a power, a passion when you choose one word, not a phrase, not a statement, and, and you, you hit it right. Morris mentioned it, uh, simplify, don't multiply. It's a, it's a rifle versus a shotgun. And that one word really does uh, serve our purpose. Um, and whether that word is grace or discipline or focus or intentionality, that was used, drive. Uh, it's one word in every area of my life. And I think at the beginning of the year, 365 days, you stick with that one word, spiritually, physically, mentally, relationally, emotionally, financially, I think it makes all the difference in the world. It creates a laser-like focus, and it lasts. Uh, words are powerful, and uh, you use too many words. There's a lot of transgression in too many words, but one word, I think, sticks. If you buy a car, um, you may never have seen that color, that make, that model, but you buy that car, and guess what? You see that car everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's curly to Billy in City Slickers. It's just one thing. So if you're going to narrow the focus, I think we, we can't get complicated. And this year, uh, I'm entering in with uh, one word, and I think it's going to make all the difference. I can talk later on about how you get that one word, but uh, I think it's important to choose one word and stick with it. I, I love it, Randy. Thank you. And you know, Judy's word in, in simplify and and intentional and then focus. It, it's it's getting there. Bill, you got a word? Well, yeah, I may got a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a, I guess a word that's trite, but I'm gonna put some meaning behind it. And what I mean, and so let me just say it first, it's, it's relationships. But when I say relationships, there's really two aspects to it. One is the building of better relationships with our clients that go deeper and wider. Um, and then leveraging those relationships. Now, some people don't like the word leverage, but for me, what it means is uh, providing incredible value, creating those great relationships, and then multiplying those, right? So, you know, my niche is referrals, introductions, multiplying your best clients. And so uh, you could say maybe multiply, it could be your word, right? Make this the year of multiply your best clients, make this year of leverage. And like Randy said, you've, whatever word or concept you choose, you got to keep it lively. What, what you're in your awareness, what your attention on, what you put your attention on grows stronger in your life. Yep. And uh, keeping the score raises the score, right? It is about focus right. and staying with it. And uh, so you know, for me, it's, it's uh, multiply your relationships. Um, and that's what I'm here to help people do. And that, that comes, by the way, real quick from believing in the work that you do. Um, it, it has to come from that. It has to come from knowing your value, uh, knowing your worth, knowing the value you provide to others, and then trying to pay that forward, bring it to other people. If you don't get that then, that, then that's your work, right? If you don't fully appreciate your value, then your work is on that first. Because uh, otherwise, you're not going to be able to do the other things that we're talking about here today. Yeah. So, Yeah, Judy mentioned why as well. And that, that's a word that, that just comes up in most everything that I do with my clients. We talk about what you want. And then why do you want to do whatever it is that you're talking about here? Because if we don't have that why, then... You don't have what it takes to get up in the morning and overcome all the challenges 
that why has got to be wrapped in passion and and just fueled with emotion. Uh, that's what keeps us going is that why. So if you're not real clear about that, you know, our friend Tony Jerry talks about clarity. And uh, boy, howdy, that's another word that just is so vitally important because if you have 15 things that you want and you're not going to focus on anything, you're not really clear about what it is, I want to be successful. Okay, well, what exactly does that mean? we got to get down into the, the depths of exactly what that means for you. Paint that picture. Uh, create that movie in your mind that that's what I'm headed for. That's what I want to do. And then get real clear about it. Then you can begin to focus and, and have some intentionality and begin to multiply some of those things and, and build on what you've got. Tell what do you think? What's your word? For me, it's, it's simplifying as well. Um, I, you know, Leonardo da Vinci said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, right? It's so easy for us to overcomplicate things, especially with all the information that's out there. Um, but when we make things complex, it's the enemy of results. So we need to boil things down to their simplest form. I think there's a lot of people out there that are looking for, you know, that silver bullet, that shortcut to get where they want to be. And that just, it's not realistic. It, that doesn't happen. You got to put in the work. And to me, the way you simplify is getting back to the fundamentals. That's the, what we look at with marketing is getting back to the fundamentals because the fundamentals lay the foundation for you to build the rest of your house from. So whether we're talking about marketing or sales or any other aspect of your business, you got to make sure you have those fundamentals in place. They're immutable, right? They do not change. They're the same today as they were 50 years ago, and they're going to be the same 50 years from now. So when we're talking about sales, you know, get those fundamentals in place, right? What we need to do to be successful, I don't think today is any different than it was five years ago or 10 years ago. So we, if we think it's different, I think we're going to end up overcomplicating things. So Judy touched on this. You got to understand who your ideal clients are. And if you do, then you're going to be able to get out there, get in front of those people. And when you really understand them, you can communicate to them in their words so that you gain their attention, their interest. And when you can do that, whether it's marketing or sales, you are going to convert a lot more and attract a lot more people to you. So super important to do that. I also think there's a lot of people from a sales standpoint that just wing it. They don't have a process. Like if you want to expect consistent results, you have to outline what your sales process is going to be, define that. It's always, it's going to be changing. It's going to be evolving, but you, you can't wing it. You have to be prepared. And when you do that, you will see much better results. You have to be intentional. You have to be prepared. I love that. Tim, I, I agree with you completely about building that foundation. The fundamentals are necessary to do that. But in today's world, the way things are changing right now out there, I know a lot of folks are going, wait a minute, I, I can't keep doing things the way I've always done it. I mean, there, there's COVID and there's there's inflation and there's, there's this and there's that and all this stuff is going on and oh my word, what am I going to do? Is there so, really a whole lot that has to change because of what we see going on around us today? I think you, you hit on something there. It's people fall into doing things the way they have always done them. That doesn't mean that that's the right way to do it. But the, fundamental, the fundamentals are different from the way you've always done it. The fundamentals are the fundamentals. It doesn't matter. 
how I get in front of my ideal clients might be different, a little bit different today than it was three years ago. But the fundamental of understanding who my ideal clients are has not changed. Right. So I think there's a lot of businesses out there that they're they're used they're used to doing sales face to face. Well, we haven't we haven't really had a great opportunity to do that the last two years. But I think what a lot of people are seeing is I don't need to be face to face to sell. And some people may want to go back to the way they were doing it, and that's okay. But other people who are looking at and embracing the change that is happening are seeing that they can be a lot more efficient by taking the current environment and using it to their advantage. So I think there's a distinction between the way we've, we've always done it and the fundamentals. They're not the same thing. And yeah. that makes sense. Randy? The concept uh, remains the same. The precept or the application of that differs due to the times. You know, one, one of my buddies is, uh, has just left his fifth CEO assignment. And so I saddled up next to him uh, recently was chairman of uh, Starbucks. And I said uh, to Mike, I said, uh, how would you define leadership in this era with the confusion and all kinds of things? He said, same as I would before, the application is different. And he said, there's three aspects to leadership. And I won't go down deep and stay down there. But he said, the first one is uh, every great leader I've ever met has, has an, uh, an amazing sense of optimism. He said, they believe the future will get better with them in charge, no matter how dark it is. Uh, they have, uh, and, and they're, they're born with that. Uh, you can't manufacture optimism. You either have it or you don't. You can't train to optimism. So the second is they have an appropriate ego. Uh, they have that mirror window thing where if it goes well, they look through the, uh, the, the window and praise the people that helped them get there. If it, if it goes wrong, they look in the mirror. But then he said, but the most important one is every great leader, I'll call on the panel here, give their response. Every great leader has an uncanny sense of, what do you think he said? Uh, how about empathy? I, I didn't know. I mean, I took a shot. Uh, I'll take a shot at empathy. Good, good shot. <laughs> I, you I, missed I, it, but it's no, a good no, shot. no. It is. And I don't necessarily think there is the right answer, yeah. but the one that he, by experience, and he, you know, has a bunch of it. He said, and he said, every great leader has an uncanny sense of clarity. Clarity. There, they have the ability to know that there's a difference between a river and a swamp. And the river cuts deep. And this one thing I do again, that whole idea of simplicity, the whole idea of clarity, they have an uncanny ability to make things clear. They can synthesize well. And I thought, you know what, that's interesting because it's, as the apostle Paul said one time, it's not these 40 things I dabble in, in essence. He said, this one thing I do, this one thing I do. Now he had a lot of tributaries that spun off from that. But I think we all have to figure out what is the one thing we do and that is clear. It goes back to Judy's concept of why you do what you do. Absolutely. And, and Judy, it, it, tell us your position on it. What do you think? I mean, you work with a lot of wonderful women in the marketplace. Is there something different there for, for all the women out there that are, are professional salespeople in today's well, world? There's, al there's always going to be a difference, even, even amongst the women. And you know what I talk about are the differences are are not the liabilities that people think they're assets. And one of the things what Randy just said, which which is you know it speaks volumes, 
You have to find the one problem for the one person. You can't go in and try to solve everything for everyone because then you solve nothing for anyone. Mm. So I go back to what Randy just said, one problem, one person. So with women, we like to make sure we take care of everyone. We do. That's who we are. We are empathetic and we are nurturing. But the truth of the matter is when you're talking about sales, you still have to be very focused and very intentional because you can't do everything for everyone. So what I always talk to when I'm doing coaching or training or speaking is that you have to be able to turn sales away from what everybody thinks it is because everybody assumes it's negative and everybody assumes it's hard. And, and really for me, I have never, ever, 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 and I'll add some more ever, ever's never sold anything to anyone. And yet I was always the top sales producer. I was always the top agency manager because I didn't sell. What I did was I had a conversation with people. And I ask them questions. And what I would I would never ever do is say, well, do you want life insurance? And how much do you want to pay? And, and who's the beneficiary? I never ask it. I would say, why is it so important for you to have this policy put in place today? And then I would stop. Because I gave them the ability to tell me what their problem was, who they were going to support and serve and protect, and everything else that they needed to tell me. I got the beneficiary. I got how much they wanted to spend, but I got their reason, their one problem, their why of why they wanted to do this. And I, I sold a lot, but it wasn't sales. For me, it was a conversation asking the right questions, asking, asking open-ended questions to solve their problem. Because when you take that spotlight off you and you turn it on them, you've taken the hard part of sales out because it is all about them. And so, you know, go back and back to what Tim was talking about, about fundamentals and being hard and being simple and whatever. The truth of the matter is it's very easy for us to make things hard. It's very hard for us to make things simple. What's that saying that way they say, if I had, I would write you a shorter letter if I, if I had the time, because it takes a lot of time to be able to make something simple. I know a lot of times that when I get up in the, I get up early in the morning and I want to be quiet. It's a lot harder to be quiet than it is to be noisy. You have to, you know, open the cabinet and you have to, you know, so, it, so when we're in sales, don't make everything so hard, make it easy. And it's going to take you a little bit of time to get those fundamentals in place and to make it easy. So again, one person, one problem, focus, intentional, the whole thing, it's, it's, it's like one umbrella. That's then that's, you know, especially for women, we want to make it easy for everybody, but you still mm -hmm. have to bring it in. When somebody says their market is everyone, my curtain goes down. Can't help you because I don't know what everyone looks like. But when mm -hmm. you tell me you want to work with veterans or you want to work with first time buyers or you want to work with small family, all of a sudden my curtain is going up. So it's, you know, for me, it's about communication and listening and asking the right questions. Good word. Thanks. Good job. Judy, I, I have to agree. And it, it's just amazing to me. I, we have a top producer that I know that is truly uh, one of the top producers in the country. He won't even use the word sales. He won't allow anybody in his office to use the word sales. When he comes back in from, from going out and meeting with clients, he comes back in. Nobody says, hey, boss, did you make a sale? Because if they do, they're probably going to lose their job. That's how important this is to him. He yeah. wants them to ask him, did you solve a problem? His, his whole point, Tim's whole thing about the whole work that he does is I solve people. I help people solve their problems. So how many problems did I sell this week or did I, how many problems did I solve this oh, week? Yeah. He'll talk yeah. about that, but he won't talk about how many sales he made this week. 
Because as far can as he's I, can concerned, I give you he's a, a little contrarian perspective to that. Sure, please. You know, people resist the word sales because of what they have made it mean. It's just a word, right? People have given it a negative connotation. Um, and so personally, I embrace sales. I want to make sales because I make sales by helping people. I make sales by listening. I make sales by doing the right thing for the right people. I make sales by finding out what I'm unique at and good at and exploiting that in the service to others. So, you know, I mean, let's, it, words are important. Randy said, and I agree with that. Uh, I guess the question then is, you know, what word do we use for what person, right? So for ourselves internally, if we know what we mean by sales, I don't have a problem with that at all, no. right? Now, it, Maybe our prospects, our clients, our target market, maybe they resist that word, in which case we don't use that with them, right? Because we know it might mean something to someone else. That's why I believe, by the way, when we talk about our value, we don't lead with saying I'm a financial professional, I'm a financial advisor, I'm an insurance specialist or whatever, because that word, that phrase, we don't know what it means to that person. Right. Maybe they have a positive experience with that. Maybe they had a negative experience. Maybe they equate financial advisor with Bernie Madoff. We, we just don't know that. And so I like to lead with things that are different than that. Uh, so we don't get caught in that trap. So I, I'm proud to be a salesperson. I'm proud to solve people's problems and uh, get paid a little bit uh, along the way. <laughs> so I, I, I agree I... with that. Yeah, Bill, no, I agree with that. I would just, I'm saying that I've never sold anything. I didn't say I wasn't in sales. I think sales is one of the best professions that there is. And especially women in financial services, this is the best industry for them. Absolutely. It's just how you approach it. That's all. It's about the communication. Of course. You want to make sales because that's your job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And your sales help and protect people. It just depends on how you portray it. Like I would, I have never said I'm a salesperson to one of my clients. That's not who I am to them. I'm, I'm their advisor. Yes. I'm somebody that is going to solve their problems. Yes. So, so it, it, I agree. Sales has a negative connotation. It just depends on where you're dropping that. That's all. And it, it really does. It comes back to how we define it and what we say about it. I wrote an article recently about sales being a noble profession because I believe that it truly is a noble profession just as important as being an attorney or a physician. Uh, somebody's got to help folks make decisions, and that's what we do. We help people make a decision. I've, I've told uh, many an agent uh, – they're in a the sale out there that's big enough that's going to make your career or small enough that, that you shouldn't go after it. It is part of what we do and who we are. You just need to help people make a decision, yes or no. If it's yes, great. We, we're going to help you solve a problem and move forward and make a sale. If it's no, then, hey, that's fine. I'll catch you later when maybe things are better for you and the timing is right. But uh, i got to move on to the next guy that I might be able to help. Because, Bill, you said it. Yeah. We're doing things to help people, and that's that's the perspective, I think, around sales that that does make it something that we can be proud of. There's no doubt. Tim, how well, do you – go ahead. I was a pastor for 13 years, and talk about some psychological baggage that you're carrying in that. You say I'm a preacher. Uh, well, oh, my goodness. There's a kaleidoscope of emotions that goes off inside a person. And so it all depends on uh, how you view it, how you come across confidently, uh, proud of that. And the fact is, that's what I do. I pastor people, I shepherd people. 
but it, you know, it's, it's not channel 42 at 2 a.m. in the morning where you've got a televangelist that's manipulating people. That's not how I view it. Uh, but, you know, you have to overcome certain obstacles. And to be honest with you, most of the things I have to overcome really lie to the value of who that person really is uh, because it creates deep emotion for a lot of people. And so that stereotypical view has to be overcome. So words are important, but perception is too, and the meaning behind all of that. So I think that we're all on the same page on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. Tim, you want to weigh in on this somehow? Well, you know, we're all kind of, I think we're all saying the same things. We're on the same page. Uh, you know, what I took away from what Bill was talking about is, you know, making a sale can be good or bad. It all comes down to what your intentions are. Okay. You know, are your intentions to help the people that you're out there serving? Well, then there's nothing wrong with it. But if your intentions are to gain something from it, you know, so that you can benefit, make money at somebody else's expense, well, then that's obviously a bad thing, right? So I, I don't, I don't necessarily have a, a negative or positive connotation to the word sales. I think it just comes down to your intentions in making those sales. You know, are you trying to help people and add value to them or are you not? Right. As we're, as we're talking about sales, I'm thinking about uh, the movie boiler room. Have you guys ever mm -hmm. seen boiler room? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the negative side of sales. Right. And, and what we all want to stay away from, but there, you know, we're helping a lot of people when we make, sales and that's a good thing yeah yep. absolutely we are the other thing that uh, that i find is interesting out there is how we all tend to approach it now judy you've got an interesting perspective if we're going to go selling in a skirt uh, i was glad that i found out real quickly from you that that was not an article of clothing because i don't look good in a skirt <laughs> oh come on you can wear you can wear a kilt <laughs> you look great smart don't sell yourself short <laughs> Uh, actually, actually, when I was going through the whole selling in a skirt, trying to figure out a title, it was I was sitting with Gail, Gail Goodman, actually. And we were trying to figure out, like, what did I want to do? What did I understand? What was I good at? Where was I the expert? All of this stuff. Where was my experience? And I knew sales. I knew women. And so it just sounded, you know, OK, selling in a skirt. It sounded like something that people would remember. And they do remember that. They remember that more than Judy Hoberman, which is fine with me. But the truth of the matter is skirt is an acronym. And it stands for standing out. So truly, you have to stand out from the thousands of other producers that are out there. K is uh, know your non-negotiables. What are your values, your core values? Are you in alignment? The I is to invest in your relationships. When you talked about relationships, Bill, that's, that's so huge. If you don't invest in your relationships, someone else will. And so you have to make sure that even if you've made a sale, that person has said yes to you once. Well, they could say yes again, and they could share their friends with you. The R is all about referrals. So after you've invested in your relationships, the referrals should come next, if that's the way it works in your circle. And the T is time structure. Everybody, no matter who you are, has some kind of challenge with balancing their time or time management. And so all of those together spelled out skirt. And so there you, you know, there you go. And that's that's really what it's all about. So when I say selling in a skirt, the first thing I always get from men is I don't wear a skirt. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. That's the first thing. If I had a dollar for every time somebody said that to me, I would truly never have to work again. I love it. I've never heard that. That's great. I mean, that yeah. really is good. I need to read your book. Yeah. What I need well, to do. Yeah. Right? Shame on me. Thank you, Judy. <laughs> You're so welcome. Gosh, it's good. 
Bill, I know you have a hard stop coming up here pretty quick and you may have to leave us. So uh, tell us about radical relevance. I, I, I love that word. Relevance, if we're not relevant to the, the current generations, they're not going to spend any time with us. Yeah, so um, let me tell you how the book came about and the problem I believe it solves. Uh, working with almost exclusively financial professionals for 27 years, I've been helping them get more referrals. And then we've shifted to the word introductions because you got to get connected. It can't just be the old referred lead called George, use my name because George doesn't pick up his phone, especially if he doesn't know who you are. So we got to get introduced, connected. So what I found is that the referrals or introductions work because of borrowed trust. We borrow the trust in one relationship long enough to earn our own trust, new relationship, everything gets easier. And if we don't have a relevant, compelling uh, way, sometimes I call it compelivance, right? Relevant and compelling. <laughs> if, if we aren't compelivant in how we message our value, then we that borrowed trust will wane and eventually uh, we won't be able to keep the relationship going. So it's kind of the next step in everything I've been working with advisors on how we talk about our value and clarity and focus, all the words that have been bandied about, that, that's what this book is about. It's about finding the right target market for you uh, most of the, not most, but a lot of the coaching I do these days, people know they want a target market. They want to have a more relevant and compelling message. And the narrower they're focused, the more likely that messaging will be more relevant and compelling, but they're not quite sure where to look for it, where to start. So we help with that. The, the mistake that I see a lot of people make is they, they, they say, well, let's make the net a little bit bigger. Let's cast a wider net. Right? We don't want to forget these folks, and we don't want to forget these folks over here, but the problem is when you make the net bigger, you actually weaken your message to the point where you may not have a message that will catch anything or anyone. So having the target market, then having the bullseye within that market, which is the right fit client, as we call it, some people call it the persona, the avatar, so the book is all about the market. It's about the clarity. And then we get very, so we have strategic relevance. Uh, and then we get very tactical. We, one section is on tactical relevance. How does, how do all these concepts and principles and strategies actually come to life with specific tactical things that one can do? How do we talk about what makes us different uh, in a way that's meaningful? One of the uh, tenets of the book is uh, only differences that, mat that matter matter. What do I mean by that? I mean that the difference, how you talk about what makes you different, uh, if it doesn't matter, if it's not important to the prospect or client, then it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's irrelevant, right? And, and let me just finish up by saying uh, the fact that you care about your clients, the fact that you give customized solutions, the fact that um, you, know, you have incredible service and a great team, uh, that does not make you different. Uh, I'm not saying you don't talk about those things. Those things are important. You do want to have all those things in place and talk about them, but everybody's saying them. So if you want something different to make you truly different in a way that matters, that will help that person decide to work with you, you're going to have to come up with something else because everybody's using that. So that's, uh, I could go on forever, but that's the essence of what we right. do with the radical relevance. Sounds great. I made up word. 
like, you're like Yogi Berra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I was as funny as Yogi Berra, but thank you. <laughs> good. Oh, oh, good. Fantastic. The, the whole thing always comes back down to that relationship that we're building and being able to, to build that relationship and be relevant in that relationship. We can't build it unless we are relevant, that's for sure. Tim, how does, how does marketing come into play here? Because if we're going to keep things simple, building relationships is key, uh, focus and clarity. Boy, marketing can, can really be a, a bugaboo for some folks. How do you keep it simple? So it's funny you're asking me this question because as, as Bill was talking, I'm thinking about how, you know, when we look at the fundamentals, we look at your target market, your, your ideal clients within that market. Then you go into your messaging, what you say to gain the attention and interest of those people. And then you've got to have a plan of how you're going to get that message in front of those people. To me, those are the three fundamentals. Before I even spoke, Judy, Bill, Randy are all touching on some of these same things. So, you know, there's this classic conversation about sales versus marketing. To me, it's not sales versus marketing, it's sales and marketing. And the job of marketing is to warm people up, to help people know, like, and trust you so that when that problem they have or that, that result that they want and don't have becomes so great that they're ready to raise their hand, they think of you. So if your marketing is doing its job, you are having warm sales conversations. The sale is almost already done. You're just picking up where marketing left off. And so to me, that we've, we've mentioned your message, how you communicate your value and what you do. That message needs to be the same from marketing to sales. And that's where a lot of things break down. Marketing's putting out one message and then it gets handed over to sales and they start this conversation. And they're like, what? You're talking to me about two different things. <laughs> That's where things break down. So we've got to be all on the same page. And so when I look at marketing, it's, it's not just marketing. It's your message needs to be consistent from marketing to sales to customer service. So how do you make marketing easy? You go back to those fundamentals because it's any, there's so many tactics out there and so many channels, they can all work but none of them are gonna work well if you don't have those fundamentals in place. So the fundamentals are the fuel that you're putting behind the tactics to get where you wanna go. So to me, simplifying marketing is all about going back to those fundamentals, truly understanding who your ideal clients are, knowing what you're gonna to say to them to gain their attention, their interest and communicate your value, and then having that plan. Randy touched on clarity earlier. When you have a plan, your priorities are outlined. When you know what your priorities are, you have clarity. And when we have clarity, what happens? Our stress goes down. We get stressed because we have no idea what the hell to do. We need to have a plan and the plan gives us clarity and it outlines what we need to focus on so that we can eliminate all the distraction that's out there. Tim, yeah. thanks. I, I agree with yeah. you. Randy, you and I talk about drive, passion, and focus from time to time. And those are three words that come into play, I think, with all the different things that we've been talking about here today. Mm -hmm. They do. Uh, one of the um, acrostics that I use a lot in terms of getting your message across and the way I remember it is uh, you drive it through a car, make it clear, accurate, and relevant. And what you're all really wrapping up here 
I think embodies those three words, make it clear, make it accurate and make it relevant. I talk a lot about uh, the three things that will take you to the next level, drive, passion, focus. And, um, you know, really bottom line from my value system, it's uh, faith, hope, and love is really what it amounts to. Uh, but drive, whatever it takes, I'll do it. Uh, even when the feelings are screaming in the opposite direction. Uh, passion at the heart of what I do, I really love it. There's a lot of things relative to a job that's tedious and magnificent maintenance, and you just put one foot in front of the other. Uh, but at the heart of what I do, when I'm in front of another person, do I really love that? It's the why. It goes back to what Judy and Bill have been talking about. And then um, uh, the focus. Uh, I think the toughest thing for any um, person that's a great life insurance agent, for example, is um, having to say no. Uh, because if you really love people, you want to help people. And if, you're, if your plate is full and somebody comes up to you with a legitimate need, the most difficult thing in the world is to say no to that person. But you have to say no in order to be focused. Uh, you have to. And so uh, life is a dance between yes and no. So you have to determine whether you're going to be that river or going to be that swamp. Cover a lot of territory, about two or three inches and known for dead things. Uh, really, a swamp uh, is not the issue in business. It's a river that cuts deep like the Colorado forms the Grand Canyon. It has impact. And it's who you are. It's what you do. It's why you do it. And it is the river that runs through. And it's known for life and fish and vibrancy and all that stuff. So dry passion focus, those are three things that really mark my life. Uh, and uh, they really propel me further. Otherwise, life becomes a bit of an anchor. Judy, wrap us up and take us home here. What, what are your takeaways from, from what we've been talking about so far? What do you think about success for 2022 for everybody? I think success has your own definition because everybody's level of success is different. But I do believe that all of the things that we've all talked about, you have to be able to focus on what's ahead of you and be intentional and, and make things simple instead of difficult and build those relationships. But one of the questions that I would always ask is, what do you still want to accomplish? And when you ask that question, it brings the conversation to a much different level because people sit back and think, okay, so now is my opportunity to tell you what I really want to do. And, and I've said that to um, CEOs and what they say back first is no one's ever asked me that question. And mm -hmm. then they tell me things that they may not have ever said out loud before. So in order for you to be successful, think about that for yourself. What do you still want to accomplish? Because there are so many things we want to do. We want to be the best salesperson or we want to you know, break records. Or we want to make MDRT or whatever it is, but there's still something else. There's still always something else. So what do you still want to accomplish? It's a great question. And it's something that will propel you to the success that you want for yourself personally because nobody's level of success is the same. Judy, thank you. And thanks to everybody on the panel today. Uh, we talked about books before. Randy's got a couple. Uh, Still Salty, uh, about his salt talks. Uh, Dr. Marshall does some great things in there. And one that has changed more lives than probably any other book I've, I've read is Surprised by Serenity. So with those two, you've got a couple of things from Dr. Marshall. We talked about Bill's books and Judy's books, and Tim's going to write a book. Um, 
I am. I am. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I am. I, I got to put that on my list. Yeah. Tim's, Tim's going to write a book, and, and I've got one that's been out there for a while called Practical Influence. So anyway, have a great day, everybody. And all of you out there, first of all, thanks to, Thank to everyone on the panel. You guys were great. I really do appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the Business of Sales. And for, for everybody else out there, hey, y'all go out there and make it a great week. This can be the time that you're going to really kick off 2022 and make it what you want it to be so that you can get what you want out of this whole deal and be real clear about being intentional about what it is that you want and why. Have a great week, and I'll see you again next time right here on The Business of Sales.